G'day, my name is Jeff. It's my privilege to look with you at Psalm 27 today. Can I encourage you to have your Bible open to Psalm 27? We're going to read through it, think about what it means and how it applies to us. There's also an outline on the service program that may help you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please help us to understand your word today. Please, we pray that we might take it to heart, that we might find the, the joy and peace and confidence of being your people who know you better. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What are you scared of? What, what makes you stressed and anxious? I'm scared of lots of things, all the usual fears, heights, um, confined spaces, sharks, funnel webs. But I think you'd have to agree with me that the, the, the big fear for this last couple of years, for the year 2021 in particular, was this uh, coronavirus, the, the COVID-19 disease. We've We've lived in fear of this virus now for two years and it's not over, not by any means, is it? Many of us, many of us are, are terrified of this uh, tiny little virus. We imagine it seeping out of people, uh, crawling around in the air or on surfaces, trying to invade our bodies. And the reality is experts tell us we will probably end up catching the virus, um, just like we catch cold or catch the flu, it, it, it's almost impossible to avoid. To, to illustrate, let me quote from a book. It's called The Body by Bill Bryson. Uh, it's talking about rhinovirus, the, the virus that, that gives us colds. Let me quote. For years, Britain operated a research facility in Wiltshire called the Common Cold Unit. But it closed in 1989 without ever finding a cure. It did, however, conduct some interesting experiments. In one, a volunteer was fitted with a device that leaked a thin fluid at his nostrils at the same rate that a runny nose would. The volunteer then socialised with other volunteers as if at a cocktail party. Unknown to any of them, the fluid contained a dye visible only under ultraviolet light. When that was switched on, after they had been mingling for a while, the participants were astounded to discover that the dye was everywhere, on the hands, head and upper body of every participant, and on glasses, doorknobs, sofa cushions, bowls of nuts, you name it. The average adult touches his face 16 times an hour, and each of those touches transferred the pretend pathogens from nose to snack bowl to innocent third party to doorknob to innocent fourth party and so on until pretty much everyone and everything bore a festive glow of imaginary snot. In a similar study at the University of Arizona, researchers infected the metal door handle to an office building and found it took only about four hours for the virus, virus, to spread through the entire building, infecting over half of employees and turning up on virtually every shared device like photocopiers and coffee machines. In the real world, such infestations can stay active to up to three days, not just four hours. That is a bit scary, isn't it? This, this terrible, insidious, inescapable virus is spreading itself everywhere and no amount of hand washing or mask wearing is going to save us. There is plenty to be scared of in this world. So how do you cope? How do you cope with fear? What do you do with your fears? 
Psalm 27 is a good psalm for us to think about, good psalm for us to think about on this issue, because in this psalm, the author is in a very scary situation, and, uh, and he's dealing with his fears. First thing to notice is that this is a psalm of David. You can see it in the heading of the psalm there. Can you see it? It says, of David. Now, David, as I'm sure you know, was the king of Israel in around about 1000 BC. But this psalm, it, it probably dates back to before David became king. The prophet Samuel, he had met with David when David was just a, a young boy, a young man, and, and he had told him that God was going to make him king. And Samuel anointed David. That is, he poured oil on David's head to show that it was true. On your outline, I've put uh, some verses from 1 Samuel chapter 16. Have a look with me. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. Samuel then met with David and pick it up in verse 12. On your outline, the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. God had promised David that he would become king. Now, the king of Israel, as we've just seen at the time, was a man called Saul. David went on to become a servant of Saul. He served Saul for a number of years, bravely, faithfully. He defeated Saul's enemies, people like the, the giant Goliath. He even married Saul's daughter. But Saul became jealous of David. He saw him as a threat to the throne. He tried, he tried to kill David. And so David had, David had to run away. Saul got an army together and he chased David from one place to another. He chased him all over the country. At one point, David had to leave the country. At other points, he was, he, he was all over the nation, just running away from Saul and his army. And it's probably during this time that David wrote this psalm while he was being pursued by Saul and his army. This was a dangerous situation. Any day... Saul could catch David, and that would be the end for him. So, how does David feel? He starts off this psalm by telling us. He says, God, God is the one who guides him, his, his light. God is the one who rescues him, his, his salvation. And God is the one who protects him his stronghold. God is David's light and salvation and stronghold. And God has promised David that he will be king. And so David says, he says, I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to fear. Because God is stronger than any human enemy. Psalm 27 and verse 1. Have a look with me. Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though, though war break out against me, even then 
I will be confident. And now David talks about the thing that's, that's upsetting him most. And it's not Saul. It's the fact that he's had to go far away from the presence of God in the tabernacle, that, that tent, that sacred tent in Israel where God dwelled with his people in a special way, where the, the priests offered sacrifices and where the people went to, to worship God and to sing to him. What David misses most is being in the presence of God. Verse 4, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David wants to be in God's presence. And so he looks forward to the day when God will save him, not just because he wants to be saved, but because then he'll be able to return to the temple, to, to, to the tabernacle. He, he longs for that day when he can be back in the tabernacle, sacrificing, whether the priests are sacrificing to God and where he can worship God and, and sing to him again. Verse 5. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. It's there in the tabernacle that David will be genuinely safe. It's there in the tabernacle that David will be able to worship and to sing praise to his God that's what he's missing most. I have to say this is one of the things that I've missed most during lockdown as well, haven't you? While we've been on, on Zoom, I've really missed being with God's people and singing. I'm, I'm no great singer, but it's, it's a precious thing to do, don't you reckon? To gather with God's people in his presence to worship him and praise him. I really missed it, and, and David was the same. He missed going to the tabernacle, worshipping and singing with God's people. David is in a scary situation. He wants to be safe in the presence of God. And so what he does now, he prays. Uh, first, he asks God to be, to be merciful to him. God is his salvation. And so he asks God for mercy. He says, God, will you hold on to me? Will you protect me? Verse 7. Verse 7. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You've been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. David asks God, his saviour, for mercy. He also asks God to guide him. He's already said God is his light. And now he says, God, will you, will you show me the best thing to do? Will you show me how to respond rightly to this scary situation? Verse 11. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. He prays to God, his saviour. He prays to God, his light. And asking for mercy, asking for guidance. And then finally, David asks God to spare him from his enemy, to be his stronghold. It's not fair that Saul is chasing him. David, is, he's been a loyal servant. Anyone who claims otherwise is a malicious, false witness. And so David says to God, will you, will you please... Will you please protect me? Be my stronghold. Verse 12. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. David has turned to God in prayer, to his, his, his salvation, his light, his stronghold. And now to finish the psalm, David turns from God to us. And, and he says two things to us. First he says, he talks about his own confidence. 
God has made promises to David. And so David says, I'm confident. I'm confident I'll survive this threat. Verse 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David's confident. And then, and then finally, uh, David tells us, he tells us what we should learn from his experience. He tells us how we should respond when we're in a scary situation. He says, he says we should wait for God, pray to him and then wait on him. And he says, while we wait, we should be confident. Don't be scared. Be strong. Verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. All right. Can you see what's here in Psalm 27? David is asking God to, to, to rescue him from Saul, to bring him back to the place where the tabernacle is so he can be in God's special presence confident again and, and and as david asks he asks with confidence he says he says i'm not going to fear i'm not going to fear god is stronger than my enemies i trust that he'll answer my prayer and so david's lesson for us is this he wants us in the face of our fears in the face of our tough circumstances he wants us to wait for god to, to ask him for help and then he wants us to, to not fear, to not fret, to, to be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Okay, let's think about applying this passage to ourselves. Um, two things, two things for us to think about. Two things for us to think about. Firstly, prayer and second, fear. Uh, prayer and fear. Let's think about the issue of prayer. Um, David prayed. Why did he pray? Because he believed there's a God. He, he, he believed that there's a God who can hear him. He believed there's a God who, who cares for him. And, and he encourages us to do the same, to wait for the Lord. Uh, friends, God is still real. He's still there. He can still hear, hear, hear our prayers. And for us as Christians, we know this even more confidently because we know that through Jesus, God has made a way for us to come before him with complete confidence. Come before him as his children. Uh, there on your outline from 1 Timothy. From 1 Timothy. I urge then, uh, the Apostle Paul writes, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for there is one God. And one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray. Jesus gave himself as a ransom for our sin. We are cleansed before God. He now stands between us and God, mediating for us. And so now as Christians, we can and we should boldly come into the presence of God and pray. Bold I approach the eternal throne, as the song says. We should be able to pray confidently to God as our Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the power of his Holy Spirit. We can and we should pray. But friends, when we pray, we need to realise this. There are three kinds of things that we might pray about. Three kinds of things. First, there are some things that God has made clear that he does not want for us. So, for example, God, God has made this clear. He does not want us to steal. So if you pray, Heavenly Father, please help me to rob this bank. You can know that this is not pleasing to God. 
God has made his will on these matters clear. And if you pray against his will, you cannot expect his blessing on your prayer. It's possible to pray prayers that we know are not God's will. Uh, but second, there are some things that we know are God's will. Uh, some things that God has promised to do if we ask. Um, that was the situation that David was in. He'd had from Samuel a promise from God that he would be the king. And so as he prayed, he, he could pray with confidence. He knew he would survive Saul's attacks because God had promised him. He knew God would do what he promised. He knew he'd survive Saul's attacks. Um, God has made promises to us on numerous things as well. Um, think of some of the great promises that God has made. Uh, if we ask him to forgive us through the Lord Jesus Christ, he promises to do it, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, if we ask him to give us eternal life through Jesus, he promises to do it. Um, the Apostle John says, I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Uh, the Apostle James says, if we pray for wisdom when we're suffering, God will give it to us. That there are numerous things that God promises to give us if we pray. And so, when we pray about these things, we can know that God will give us what we're asking for. We, we can be certain about it because we have God's word, God's promise on it. Some things are against God's will. Some things we know are God's will. But, but with many things in this life, they fall into a third category. God hasn't forbidden them to us, but he hasn't promised them to us either. And friends, I think praying about COVID-19 falls into this third category. Um, I don't want to catch COVID-19. Now, that is not something that's contrary to God's revealed will. He hasn't said, Jeff Reed, thou shalt catch COVID-19. Uh, but he hasn't made promises about it either. He hasn't said, I hereby promise that Jeff Reed will not catch COVID-19. I don't have God's word on it either way. So what should I do? The Bible is perfectly clear. I should pray about it. I should ask about it. Uh, the Bible says, in everything, in everything, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. So I can and I should pray. I know God will hear me. I, I don't know what the answer will be. God hasn't revealed his will on it. I, I might still get COVID or I might not. But I know that I can and I should pray about it. And I know that God will be pleased that I'm trusting him and praying about it. And that, that's the same with, with, with many things that we pray about, isn't it? We, we don't know what God's will is. So we need to pray. We need to pray about it. But then we need to leave it in God's hands. Um, wait for the Lord is the way that David puts it here in Psalm 27. Wait for the Lord. All right. That, that, that's our first point of application. Uh, we can and we should pray about all sorts of things. Uh, we should pray confident that God hears us through Jesus our response to fear, our response to scary situations should be the same as David. It should be what he teaches us. We should pray. That now brings us to our, our second and final point of application, fear. As we've just seen, God doesn't promise to answer our prayers in exactly the way that we demand. He's, he's not an idol who has to do what we say. We're not the boss of God. But as we pray... 
particularly as we pray in the context of scary situations, uh, we pray in the context of our fears, we can know, we can know some really helpful things, uh, things that, that, should, that should calm our fears. Let's think of a couple of things. Firstly, uh, God, God is our loving Heavenly Father. He knows what we need better than we do. He knows what we need even before we ask. And God, our loving Heavenly Father, he wants what is best for us. Jesus put it this way on your outline. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So do not worry, saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear or what are we going to do about COVID-19? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God is our loving heavenly Father. We can trust him. And so we don't need to live lives of worry and stress and fear. Here's a second thing to think about. Although God doesn't promise to give us exactly what we want, he does promise to comfort us when we pray. He does promise to calm our fears. Have a look at this next verse from Philippians on your outline. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Just, just notice the pattern there in the verse. Pray about it. Ask God for what you need. Present your requests. But as you do it, by prayer and petition, do it, what does it say? With thanksgiving. Don't forget, as you pray for stuff from God, don't forget what you already have from God. And the promise is there. God's peace will guard your anxious heart. I have certainly found this to be true in my own experience. It happened to me just, just a couple of days ago. I, I was feeling stressed about something. I made a stupid mistake and it was going to cost me a couple of hundred dollars. Uh, I was feeling very anxious about it. Um, but because I was working on this sermon, I thought, okay, here's the situation. I, I need to pray about this. So I prayed. I, I said, God, will you please fix this stupid mistake that I've made? Will you fix this problem for me? But then I didn't stop there. I then started to thank God. Thank God for being my loving Heavenly Father. Thank God for giving Jesus to live and die and rise again for me. Thank God that through Jesus, he's given me so much here in this life and I look forward to eternity with him in his house. And as I started to think about the many things that God has given me, as I started to think about the eternity that stands before me because of what Jesus has done, I have to say, it started to, started to put my problem into perspective. I realized how, 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 how tiny that thing I was stressed about is, a, a tiny stress in the face of, of, a, of a beautiful eternity. And, and do, you know what, do you know what? I, I did get a real sense of peace. As it happens, I still lost the couple hundred dollars, but by then I wasn't worried, I wasn't worried about it, and I was able to deal with the situation in, in a far more godly and more helpful way than I would have if I just let myself stress about it. 
God's not going to answer all your prayers the way you want. It's possible that you will catch COVID-19. You might get sick or, or, or die from COVID. Certainly, you will eventually get sick and die from something. Um, there will be many scary situations that you and I have to face. But here's a couple of really comforting things to think about. God is our Heavenly Father. He will keep his promises. He's done so much for us already. He promises to give us peace when we pray to him. And, and, and in the light of who God is and what he promises, that in the light of what he's demonstrated of himself through Jesus, there, there's not any need to fear, not ultimately is there. And so, friends, David's advice, it still applies to us. And, friends, I reckon it's a really good thing for us to reflect on as we come into a new year, another year that might not be all that we hope it will be, another year that could be scary. Uh, maybe there's something we could make New Year's resolutions about it. What should we do in the face of our fears? Pray. And then just be calm and confident knowing that God is our loving Heavenly Father, knowing that through Jesus our eternal future is secure. Don't run around terrified like a pagan. No, no. Trust. As David says in Psalm 27 and verse 14, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Let's pray. A gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you because you are our loving Heavenly Father and you hear our prayers, and you know our needs, and you, through the Lord Jesus Christ, have ensured for us an eternal future in your presence, safe and secure, worshipping and singing and praising you forever. Heavenly Father, in the light of this glorious reality of who you are and what you've promised for us, we pray that, like David, we would be people who don't fear all the time, Help us to know you as our, as our light and our salvation and the stronghold of our lives so that we have a calm confidence in the face of scary situations. Help, help us in this, we pray, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.